Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our MLB Power Rankings show where we break down my weekly Power Rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday evening, June 27th uh, for some context as we talk about wins and losses and stats and whatnot. I'm Drew Silva. Joining me here and every week throughout the season is my co-host Janice Scurria. Welcome in, Janice. Uh, believe it or not, this is our final show of June as the 2022 season is about ready to jump all the way into July by the next time we talk. Uh, is there anything specific that you're looking forward to from around the baseball world this coming week? Goodness, it is July already. Where has the time gone? Anyway, uh, the thing that I'm looking forward to this week is a matchup between uh, Nick Pavetta and Alec Manoa this Wednesday. Uh, so two ALS, AL East teams with very similar records. So uh, Pavetta is 8-5 and five with a 325 ERA. Uh, he's got eight quality starts in his last nine outings. While Alec Manoa in his last outing gave up five hits, issued three walks, struck out six. Uh, but otherwise, he is 9-2 and two with a 205 ERA. So two very interesting pitchers uh, with uh, two very good years so far. So looking forward to seeing that matchup. Yep, I think we'll talk a little Red Sox on the show. Um, I'm looking forward to the next Angels and Mariners series. If, if you saw <laughs> that brawl from – well, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it. I don't like to see players throwing punches necessarily, but I do like a little drama. Um, but that's not till August, I believe. So we'll have to wait on that. And we will talk a little Mariners on the show, too. They are uh, one of the biggest risers this week. Um, we'll get into all that. First, a little promo note. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Royals take on the Tigers in Detroit on Sunday, July 3rd at 1130 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a, a chance to win $25,000 on that game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em contest. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. All right, let's jump into this week's power rankings. As usual, we do a deep dive on each of the teams in the top five and then discuss the three biggest risers and three of the biggest fallers from the previous week to the current week. Uh, If you want rankings and observations on all 30 clubs, check out the full power rankings column on Tuesday. Usually goes up late morning, early afternoon, depending on how long it actually takes me to write the thing. All right, start us out, Janice, with who we have at number one overall this week. At number one overall, big shocker, it's the New York Yankees. Uh, So they had an interesting series against the Astros over the weekend. They were almost no hit for a second straight day until, uh, yeah, uh, Aaron Judge uh, hit a walk-off homer. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, they came out of Sunday with a 53-20 record, currently the best in baseball, and they're currently 11 games ahead of the Red Sox in the AL East. I don't think we can speak enough about Aaron Judge, uh, but he hit 52 home runs as a rookie, and I believe he's on pace to even hit even more yeah yeah they got no hit on on saturday by the astros and then as you mentioned went hitless through the first six plus innings in sunday's series finale against houston before john carlos stanton hit a solo home run in the bottom of the seventh then came a dj lemayhu game tying two run shot in the eighth and aaron judge ultimately came through with a walk-off three-run blast in the bottom of the tenth uh, that saved what would have been a losing week for, for the Yankees, their first losing week in a long while. Um, altogether went four and three against the Rays and the Astros, two worthy opponents that the Yankees could see again in October. Um, man, that Yankees-Astros four-game weekend series, like you said, it, it really felt like an ALCS preview. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Uh, October is a different beast, and, and anything can happen in those wild card rounds. Um, I don't even I can't remember how the playoff format even works this year. Uh, that's one thing that I didn't dig into when the CBA came out, but obviously I'll have to to bear down at some point soon to figure out how that all works. Uh, Judge is up to 28 home runs through 71 games this season, which yeah, it's it's rarefied territory. The last player to have that many homers at this point in a season was Alex Rodriguez in 2007. Before that, we're talking, you know, the Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa era in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Judge did wind up settling with the Yankees on his salary for 2022 at $19 million to avoid an arbitration hearing and a decision from an arbitration panel. 
uh, which would have been interesting given that the, the panel is not allowed to consider a player's 2022 production. Kind of a weird spot for the business of baseball having these in-season arbitration uh, rulings. Um, so that was the midpoint of what Judge filed for. He filed at $21 million. The Yankees filed at $17 million back when arbitration figures were exchanged in March. Judge did, did get some in- incentives, too, on top of that $19 million midway point. So he gets twenty-five or $250,000 each for AL MVP and then another yeah, $250,000 if he wins World Series MVP. And I'd say Judge is the clear frontrunner for AL MVP right now, pending what Shohei Otani can muster up in the second half for the Angels. Another week at number one for the Yankees, and the Angels are down at 17. So if you're considering team success, yeah, Judge certainly has the edge. At number two, holding strong for the uh, another week in, the, in a row, uh, the New York Mets. So uh, the Mets just finished a road trip and walked away with a 2-3 record on that road trip. Yeah, they got swept by the Astros in, in a two-game series to begin last week's slate, but then took two of three from the Marlins over the weekend, nearly pulled off a three-game sweep in Miami with a lot of Mets fans in attendance for that series at what's it called? Lone Depot Park or something like Lone that? Lone Depot Park. But you don't capitalize the L in Lone? Or, Correct. Or, or the P in Park, I think, too? Yes, yes. It, it, it's very just postmodern and, and very hip to do that now. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> but Nick Fortes hit, the, hit a walk-off homer in the ninth inning on Sunday to give the Marlins the win, and, and so the Marlins avoided the sweep. The Mets could not finish off the sweep. That was our Sunday leadoff game on Peacock. We, we do a post-game post, post game show and a, a waiver wire Q&A on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube page after those games for any fantasy managers who want some fantasy-based content to accompany the broadcasts. Uh, we take any questions on anything. I think Chris Crawford and I ranked our favorite seasons uh, this past Sunday. Yeah. Give me your season ranks. So, you know, like winter, I, I I'll give you mine first. I, th- I went fall, winter, spring, and then summer. I hate the heat. So. <laughs> All right. So you live I, in Chicago though. And we have to in- include that. that yeah. But there is that caveat too. Uh, so actually I'm going to go uh, summer, uh, fall, spring, winter uh winters here are not fun uh, yeah. so summers here can also not be very fun either but yeah they're they're easier to cope with in my opinion yeah i don't know chicago's <laughs> great in the summer I, I know you've had a little bit of a heat wave up there over the last few weeks but you, you're gonna be fine oh yeah oh wait uh, I, I can cope yeah yeah plenty of, fans, <laughs> plenty of water air conditioning yeah it's, it's good for the skin yeah there you go <laughs> yeah good it's good for the the mind too probably after six months of summer Or six months of winter, like you guys usually have up there. Anyway, yeah, the Mets have now clinched a winning record for the month of June, and that makes this the first June in which they've had a winning record since 2012 when they went 15-3 and this month. Uh, So no dog days of of summer in Queens, even without having Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom in the rotation for all of June. I've been so impressed by the resilience of the Mets. It's not a team that's been known for resilience in recent years. Um, speaking of Scherzer, he's scheduled for a second minor league rehab start on Tuesday. Got up to 65 pitches, I believe, in his uh, first rehab start last week. So should return from his oblique strain this coming Sunday versus the Rangers. And if not Sunday, probably next Monday at Cincinnati 
Either way, he's about a week away from returning. And with DeGrom, he's doing simulated work and live batting practice sessions, probably pointing toward a season debut sometime after the All-Star break, hopefully before the end of July. Uh, what an incredible boost that'll be to have those two pitchers down the stretch, two aces. I'm, I'm more confident in Scherzer fully returning to form uh, than DeGrom, given that one has an oblique and the other is shoulder-related. But uh, DeGrom hasn't suffered a setback of any kind, so the outlook is pretty good right now. Um, they're just taking things very slowly for obvious reasons. We'll find out soon enough when DeGrom might go out for some minor league rehab starts. I'm guessing we'll, we'll have word on that by the end of the week. Uh, so, yeah, Mets stick at number two. Yeah, spoiler alert, the entire top five is, is unchanged from last week. So um, kind of <laughs> <laughs> the top five holding steady, at least. Right. It is a perfectly degromulent word. Wow. We will try to make this as interesting as possible for our frequent listeners. <laughs> at number three at the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, so some great Dodgers news. Uh, Freddie Freeman earned his first NL Player of the Week award with the Dodgers. Uh, so in the past seven days, uh, he went 11 for 25. Uh, that's a 440 average, including two homers, a triple. Uh, two doubles, 11 RBI, and a, a 1373 OPS over six games. Yeah, a nice, yeah, yeah, nice homecoming for for Freeman in Atlanta. I didn't mean to cut you off. The Dodgers did not get off to a, a good start at all in June, but they're closing it out in fine form, having won five of, of six last week at Cincinnati and Atlanta. They've won eight of their last 11 games going back to June 14th, uh, which was the start of a home series against the Crosstown Angels. Now comes a series at Coors Field. Those are always interesting series between the Dodgers and Rockies uh, in that hitting environment. Game one just got underway as we started this recording. Tyler Anderson on the mound for the Dodgers. He stands 8-0 with a 3.00 ERA and 65-12 to strikeout-to-walk ratio through 72 innings this season. Looking to go 9-0, um, looking to get that ERA under two, but it's, it's a tall task out in Coors Field. Um, a couple of interesting tidbits on the Dodgers beyond Freddie Freeman winning that NL Player of the, the Week award. Uh, Will Smith has started their last 18 games, 13 of them at catcher, five of them at DH, and he's batting 321 with a 965 OPS, six home runs, and five doubles in that 18 game stretch. I loved Will Smith in fantasy drafts this spring because of the arrival of the DH in the National League. Like it could really unlock his offensive upside, getting to stay in the lineup on more of an everyday basis. It's taken a bit for that to, to actualize, to, to meet my expectations, but um, it's finally happening now. He's He's been an everyday guy for the Dodgers over the last three weeks and, and is producing. I'm looking for him to have, have a really strong second half as the Dodgers try to reclaim the National League West title. It looks like the Padres are their primary competition for that, not, not the Giants who won it last year. Um, and Oh, and a bruised our Gratterall got his first save of the season on Sunday night against the Braves. I wonder if he's going to get more chances out of the closer role with, with Daniel Hudson done for the year because of an ACL tear and Craig Kimbrell continuing to struggle. Kimbrell blew a save or uh, blew a lead in the bottom of the 10th inning on Sunday. I guess it would have been a save opportunity uh, before Gratterall closed it out in the bottom of the 11th, touching 102.5 miles per hour on one pitch and Gratterall's last pitch of the night was 101.9. Um, and it was his third day pitching in, in, in a row. He's got an ERA above four, uh, but with that velocity, I, I think maybe he could like quietly emerge as, as one of their better high leverage 
options. So yeah, highly recommend making Gratterall a speculative ad in fantasy this week. I already added him on a couple of teams. Uh, Dodgers stick at number three, knocking on the door for that number two spot though. Um, we'll see how this coming week shakes out. If, if the Dodgers could pull off a sweep at Coors Field or something and put some pressure on the Mets in these rankings. Hmm. All right. Just going to see if Gratterall is available in the current league I am in. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm just really impressed with the fact that he just has all this velocity that just comes out of nowhere. Like yeah. his mechanics uh, seem relatively um, uninvasive and somehow just fires like 101, 102 miles per hour. I like um, that word. Yeah. It's easy cheese. Absolutely. Oh, look at that. He is available. All right. So hopefully none of my uh, my league mates are watching this. Janice, we're doing a show. Don't don't <laughs> set your fantasy lineups. All right. At number four, the Houston Astros. Uh, you might have heard they did uh, throw a combined no hitter last week. Uh, so over the weekend, they did settle for a split in that in their latest series versus the Yankees, whom we just spoke of earlier. Uh, but in the series, the Astros did outscore the Yankees, um, and the Yankees do lead the AL in runs scored. Um, so by a margin of 15 to four and had twice as many hits as the Yankees. Uh, so the Astros had 30 hits. Uh, the Yankees had 15. Houston is also kind of knocking on the door for a move up these rankings. If any of the top three, you know, hit a downturn over the next week, yeah, as you mentioned, Christian Javier, Hector Neris, Ryan Presley combined on that no hitter Saturday in the Bronx. And then yeah, came that other no hit attempt on Sunday guided by Jose Urquidy before the Yankees marched back to win 6-3 in the series finale. So it was a four-game split between the Astros and Yankees. Again, what might have been a preview of this year's ALCS. Uh, before that series, the, the Astros swept a two-game set against the Mets. Uh, so a heck of a week for them, really, against the top two teams in baseball, the top two teams in these rankings. Um, Jeremy Pena is back in the fold after missing a couple of weeks with a left thumb injury. Pena was either the AL Rookie of the Year front runner or very close to it when he landed on the injured list. He's now been eclipsed by Julio Rodriguez on most markets. That could be a tight race for that award down the stretch. We'll talk about Rodriguez and the Mariners a bit later in this show. Uh, Pena has a 277 batting average, an 804 OPS, nine home runs, six stolen bases, 27 RBIs, and 27 runs scored through his first 55 major league games. He is Number one among all MLB rookies in Fangraph's version of wins above replacement at 2.4. Julio Rodriguez is at 2.2. Bobby Witt Jr. at 1.8. Brendan Donovan of the Cardinals is fourth on that list at 1.6, which makes me happy. Uh, But anyway, yeah, the the Astros are looking stout in all areas. Even the bullpen, a a 2.7 combined ERA leads all major league clubs. Just a dangerous team that has run away with the American League West, 10 and a half games up on the second place Rangers uh, entering play on Monday. Woo. All right. At number five, the San Diego Padres. Uh, so some good news for the Padres. Uh, Manny Machado has uh, begun to uh, do some light running on outfield grass. He hasn't run any bases yet. Uh, but in any case, uh, due to his scary ankle injury from a little while back, uh, it's likely he is probably going to avoid a trip to the injured list. Uh, interesting, interestingly enough, uh, Manny Machado hasn't been on the injured list since 2014. And they're hope uh, the Padres are hopeful that he might be able to pinch hit uh, in the upcoming Arizona series on Tuesday or Wednesday. 
They did lose three of four to the Phillies over the weekend, but the Padres began last week with a three-game sweep of the Diamondbacks, so that was a four-and-three week overall. And, yeah, as you mentioned, all of it taking place in the absence of Manny Machado, who hasn't appeared in a game since last Sunday because of that severe ankle sprain. But like you said, Machado has avoided the IL to this point, um, apparently making some progress on the side. I wonder if the Padres could do this over. They might have just put him on the IL because it's been seven days uh, since he suffered that injury, I guess going on eight or nine days by the time people hear this. Uh, But yeah, maybe we see him in Tuesday night series opener at Arizona, at least available off the bench. That's a two game series against the Diamondbacks. Then the Padres have a big four game set at Dodger stadium over the weekend. And that should tell us a lot about how good this San Diego roster really can be when matched up against, you know, a, a serious opponent, a division rival, uh, looking forward to that one and, and how it affects these rankings next week. Um, I, I would kind of be surprised if, if the Padres win that series or, you know, if, if it's even a split. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not really sold on the Padres yet, but it's like you can't really deny um, their record. Uh, we know they can pitch a combined ERA of 3.48, which is fifth best among all 30 major league teams behind only the Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, and Rays. Um, that's about all I have on the Padres. No real update yet on Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, he's been taking some dry swings, but uh, pretty certain by now to be out until late July uh, or at least through the All-Star break. Uh, the funny thing is Tatis is, is fifth among NL shortstops in the All-Star <laughs> balloting. Uh, those results were released on Monday, and I think phase phase one they're calling it of the voting ends on June 30th, which is on Thursday. And that'll establish who the starters are. And, and then there'll be manager picks and fan picks uh, and, and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, he's fifth among NL shortstops in all-star bouting, despite appearing in zero games so far in 2022. Tatis is still a very popular player. And, hey, he can give the Padres a big jolt whenever he does return. That goes to show you how incredibly important he is to that franchise. Yeah, uh, and to yeah. baseball in general, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and move on to your big risers of the week. So at number nine, we've got the Boston Red Sox climbing up two spots from 11. And now they did sweep Cleveland over the weekend. Uh, Rich Hill had a pretty strong start and has a pretty strong June actually. Uh, And, uh, Red Sox accumulated 15 hits, uh, resulting in their seven consecutive win. We talked last week about how the Red Sox were taking advantage of an easier stretch of their schedule to get back into the postseason mix. And yeah, that only continued with sweeps of both the Tigers and Guardians last week. Now they bring that seven game winning streak into Monday's series opener against the Blue Jays as this a schedule abruptly turns a whole lot tougher. Um, but yeah, right now the second best run differential in the American League at plus 65, well behind the Yankees at plus 144. Um, but again, yeah, second best run differential in the AL and, and fourth best in the entire majors behind only the Yankees, Dodgers and Mets. Uh, Rafael Devers and, and J.D. Martinez each had three hits in Sunday series finale versus Cleveland. That was an easy 8-3 victory for the Sox. Jaron Duran has been on a heater. Uh, but we should note that he will not be available for this three-game set in Toronto because he's unvaccinated from COVID-19. Uh, Duran is on the restricted list, but he will be activated for a three-game weekend set at Wrigley Field. Following that is the Rays and then a string of contending teams. Uh, the pitching for the Red Sox has been the most surprising thing 
They ranked number six overall in combined ERA among all 30 teams with a mark of 3.54. Michael Waka might be an AL All-Star. Who would have guessed that? He's got a 2.34 ERA through 12 starts. Nick Pavetta, who you mentioned at the top of the show, he's got a 3.25 ERA. Uh, you mentioned Rich Hill also is putting together a pretty nice June for his age, I would say. Um, a lot of surprises among the bullpen core, too. We'll, we'll kind of see how this all fares as the heat turns up for the Red Sox opponent-wise. But, yeah, they've, they've done a great job and are holding the top AL wildcard spot as we talk here on Monday night. Uh, actually, the, the Rays and Blue Jays are second and third in, in the wildcard standings at the moment. Will we see four AL East teams in the playoffs? Like, I mean, that would be unprecedented because we haven't had this big of a playoff field, but um, pretty wild. Maybe maybe some AL Central team could can make some noise at some point, Janice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah. go. Get, uh, I'll, I'll get on the phone with Tony and uh, set that up. Right. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Red Sox, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Red Sox up into the top 10 this week, rising from number 11 last week to number nine this week. And I'll say if they beat the Jays tonight, I might put them at number eight um, when the, this column actually gets posted on Tuesday. So that explains how advanced my methodology is. Uh, check back for that. Could be a three spot rise for Boston once the power rankings actually come out in column form. Not seen is Drew's massive whiteboard with all sorts of mathematical formulas and just like strings and mm-hmm. just lots of just newspaper clippings. He, he keeps that just right out of you. It gets weird. No one wants to see that. <laughs> At number 11, a surprise. We've got an AL East team. Uh, it is the Tampa Bay Rays. So uh, they swept the Pirates over the weekend. Uh, so uh, Isaac Paredes was named AL Player of the Week. We talked about the NL Player of the Week just earlier. Uh, so on during Sunday's game, he went, um, let's see, is this right? Oh, my goodness. After going deep five times, including a three-homer game versus the Yankees, uh, while hitting 579 with nine RBI. Oh, my. That is so loud. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be that loud. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> is that like your phone right by the, the mic? No, actually, it is my laptop. Because oh, I, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Texting on my laptop setup I understand. because I yeah am tethered to my digital life. So Hey, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> as I just mentioned, yeah, the Rays are currently holding on to the second wildcard spot in the American League. Just one and a half games back of the Red Sox for the top AL wildcard spot. Uh, They lost two of three to the Yankees at the start of last week, but then rallied for that three-game weekend sweep of the Pirates, as you said. Shane McClanahan brought it on Sunday with 10 strikeouts over seven innings of one-run ball. Uh, McClanahan has an AL-best 1.77 ERA and an MLB leading 123 strikeouts in 91 and a third innings this season. He also leads all MLB pitchers in whip with a mark of 0.83. He's issued just... 16 walks and given up only 60 hits among the 345 batters he's faced uh, before the season that the talk around McClanahan or kind of what I was talking about was that he just needed to iron out his fastball command um, yeah. and a, a guy with his talent. I, I knew it was coming um, and he's been able to do just that, you know, and, and it, I, I mean, he's like, I don't know. I worry about workload down the stretch with him. He's like going to reach into territory that he hasn't been in, but he's the front runner for the AL Cy Young Award right now. And I think he's probably in the running to start the All-Star game for the American League as well. 
So it's been impressive. This, this is a two-start week for the other pitching Shane on, on the Rays roster, Shane Boz. He'll handle Tuesday's series opener against the Brewers and then Sunday's series finale in Toronto. Boz had a pretty bad season debut back on June 11th at Minnesota, but he's given up just one run while striking out 13 batters over his last two starts, spanning 10 and two-third innings. Um, he's super talented, too. If they can get both of those guys going, you know, I mean, Wander Franco returned from the injured list on Sunday. He missed nearly four weeks with a quad strain. I had some reservations about this offense, and I, I still do, but it'll look a lot better when they get a little healthier and maybe do some adding to the lineup ahead of the August 2nd trade deadline. You mentioned Isaac Paredes. He won AL Player of the Week, had a really nice weekend. He's been a great find. Uh, for the Rays, and they're good at finding those types of players and turning them into really productive uh, players for themselves. Yeah, so up to 11, number 11, number 11 for me this week after falling down to number 13 last week. Right, so the team we're going to talk about next is quite a fun one at number 18, the Seattle Mariners. So, uh, yeah, before uh, we jumped on, we were talking about uh, the brawl uh, against the Angels uh, over the weekend. And uh, I don't know if you've heard about the uh, the Jesse Winker pizza saga, where a, a fan from Twitter ordered a pizza for Jesse Winker and had it delivered to the stadium. Yeah. I thought it was a very heartwarming story. Uh, and then the delivery driver... Uh, their Venmo was posted on Twitter and I believe he said he received over 400 tips. Wow. That was a really great opportunity for him. And just a, you know, very heartwarming story all in all, if you ignore all of the uh, blows thrown um, in the game prior, but (laughs) (laughs) I I saw that Winker like accepted the pizza and said he really liked it. So yeah. um, Yeah. yeah, I didn't know you could do that to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, apparently you can. Uh, I did see that uh, he was given a pepperoni pizza. I am not exactly sure if that's his favorite. Um, I, I should contact uh, the person on Twitter and uh, ask what their methodology was. I think most uh, people like pepperoni. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's, it's a very safe topping. It's a very safe universal topping. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, the Mariners, uh, they j- just acquired Carlos Santana from uh, Kansas City, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he seems to be doing well in the month of June, though. Uh, so he's batting 357, eight runs scored, five doubles, two home runs, 11 RBI, 13 walks. Uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, looks like trade season is uh, well underway. Yeah, the, the Mariners, I think, are one of the most disappointing teams, or, or they were in the first half of the season. It's probably like 1A Tigers, 1B Mariners. Uh, but there are some hints of a possible turnaround in Seattle. Just had a six-game road trip to Oakland, and then Anaheim came out of it with five wins. Uh, there was that ugly brawl with the Angels on Sunday. And, yeah, there are going to be a whole lot of suspensions for coaches and players coming out of it, I think. Yeah, they just announced it right before we hopped on here. Uh, I don't want to read them all off, but 12 total members of the Angels and Mariners have received discipline, including players and coaches. Angels interim manager Phil Nevin got a 10-game suspension. Uh, Jesse Winker of the Mariners got seven games. Anthony Rendon, who's out for the year, got a five-game suspension. That'll be served next season. Uh, <laughs> This is funny. In addition to the suspension, Rendon is prohibited from sitting on the bench for the Angels' next seven games. I thought it was funny that he was like throwing punches with his right arm while he had a cast on his left arm. Oh, my uh, goodness. Probably doesn't need to be doing that. There are a bunch more. Uh, Rice Iglesias for, for throwing that 
thing of seeds onto the field in the aftermath. Got two games. Uh, I guess he's appealing. There's a bunch more uh, people are going to know about it by the time this audio gets posted anyway. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot going on in that brawl. And it all came in a two-to-one loss for the Mariners, but they had been riding a season-high five-game winning streak before that. Um, it was one of the more, I don't know, real ball, real brawls we've seen in the sport in recent years. We'll see how the Mariners kind of come out of it. Losing Jesse Winker for seven games is not great. Um, but yeah, the, the Mariners have a winning record in June now at 13 and 12 after going 10 and 18 in May. Uh, they're a whole 12 games back of the Astros for first place in the AL West, but only seven games back in the AL wildcard race. That's, you know, that's somewhat manageable with a lot of season left. And you mentioned the Carlos Santana trade on Monday afternoon. Uh, the Mariners picked him up from the Royals for two relievers. I'm not sure if that moves the needle very much, but Mariners G- general manager Jerry DePoto likes to deal, and he's dealing already. Um, I do wonder if there's some desperation with DePoto. Like, you know, if, if the Mariners m- miss the playoffs this year, I think he's probably out, and there's a big redo in the front office. It would be 21 years without a postseason appearance, the longest drought in North American sports. Uh, of not reaching the playoffs. And, you know, there's a lot of young talent in the organization that ownership might want to be guided by some some different voices if, if this season ends in disappointment. But on the flip side, if, if the Mariners have a big second half, you know, DePoto is going to be greatly praised, and I'm sure it'll, it'll involve a bunch more trades before we get to August 2nd. Uh, anyway, up to number 18 this week after a drop to number 21 last week. Uh, better vibes for sure in Seattle. Awesome. More vibes, uh, less uh, punches thrown and, and more pizzas being eaten. There Preach. We go. Preach. <laughs> Let's move on to your big fallers of the week. Uh, so at number 13, falling uh, quite a few spots, the San Francisco Giants. So, uh, yeah. Uh, the Giants took their sixth loss in their last eight games. Uh, they have not gained any ground in the uh, NL West. Uh, they are currently trailing the first place Dodgers by six games and the Padres by four and a half games. Yeah, I, I wasn't exactly sold on the Giants when I put them in the top 10 last week, but their record kind of dictated that I had to. Um, yeah, now after losses in, like, what do you say, four of their last five, six of their last eight, and some of those to the Pirates and Reds, they dropped four spots for me to, to number 13. They've typically rebounded right away when I, when I dropped them, though, um, throughout this year and certainly going back to last year when the Giants somehow rattled off a franchise record 107 regular season wins in route to claiming the NL West title. Entering play on Monday evening, San Francisco is six and a half games back of the Dodgers in this year's NL West standings, and also four and a half games back of the second place Padres. Uh, so it's all task turning this around in the second half. But there are those three wild card spots per league now, so that could be an avenue for San Francisco. Anthony DeSclafani got rocked by the Reds on Sunday. He had, now has a 9.95 ERA and five starts this year b- b- between some injuries. He had a 3.17 ERA in 2021. Alex Wood has a 5.05 ERA. Alex Cobb, a 5.48 ERA. Um, I mean, Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon are are doing their thing, but the Giants are are hurting depth-wise in the rotation and also in the lineup. Jock Peterson is the only active regular with an OPS above 785. Brandon Belt is, is showing his age more this year. Brandon Crawford's on the I.L., 
they do get to play the Tigers now, and, and then your White Sox, who are struggling, and then a road trip to Arizona. So we'll find out what the next few weeks bring. I'm, I'm kind of worried about this team, though. And as I say that, they're going to go on a 10-game winning streak, and I'll have to put them back in the top 10. Ah, dang it, Drew. I'm actually heading out to San Francisco this weekend to go see awesome. the games, uh, see the White Sox probably uh, get uh, drubbed by the Giants. So uh, if they lose, I am blaming you. Okay. Uh, fair. Otherwise, I, I am very much so uh, looking forward to checking out Oracle Park for the first time. I've never been there. I've, I've never been to San Francisco, but it looks beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. Uh, I am sure I will show you all of the uh, braggy photos uh, this upcoming weekend. So please do. I'll be checking the tweets. Please do. Yes, be prepared for those. All right. At number twenty-one, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, so uh, yeah, they had a huge eleven-seven win over the Tigers on Sunday. They snapped a five-game losing streak. Uh, but yeah, during that losing streak, they had scored a total of 11 runs and perhaps even more concerning. They were one for 36 with runners in scoring position. Oof. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you mentioned, yeah, they did beat the Tigers by a score of 11 to seven on Sunday, but before that was the five game losing streak and overall the Diamondbacks have dropped eight of their last 12 and are now eight games under the 500 mark. Their season worst games under 500 mark is nine, which came about on Saturday. Uh, this is all kind of what I think most people expected that the Diamondbacks would be better than last year's 52 and 110 record, uh, but it would also be pretty far away from contention in the end. Dallas Keuchel's not the answer, as as you know, Janice. No, he is definitely not the answer. I can speak yeah. from experience. <laughs> <laughs> he gave up four earned runs on six hits and three walks over four and a third innings Sunday in his Diamondbacks debut. That probably sounds familiar. Um, now a 7.93 ERA for Keuchel in nine starts this season between Chicago and Arizona. I like the Diamondbacks' long-term future. There's a lot of intriguing talent in that system. Uh, Chris Crawford and I have talked about it on, on the Sunday leadoff postgame Q&A thingy the last two weeks. Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll has, has been lighting it up in the lower minors. Dalton Varsho is an intriguing long-term asset. Dre Jameson, Jordan Lawler. Um, there's a ton of prospects in that system and, and a lot to look forward to. But I would expect them to be a very active seller at this year's deadline. Madison Bumgarner, Zach Davies, maybe even Zach Gallen getting dangled for trades any reliever that they can get rid of, Mark Melanson, Ian Kennedy, um, Christian Walker, Carson Kelly on the offensive side, Cattell Marte maybe. I, I know that he just signed a long-term contract extension back in late March, but it's very team-friendly, and that might make him even more attractive to an opponent, um, or maybe the, it makes him more attractive to the Diamondbacks. We'll, we'll find out soon enough what the blueprint is um, here in week 12, the Diamondbacks dropped to the bottom third of our power rankings, and I, I don't really see them rising back up. They were sitting around 500 at one point, but I, I think they've, they've, all, they've all come back down to earth. Right. Speaking of uh, coming back down to earth, or maybe they've been on earth this entire time, uh, the Colorado Rockies falling three spots to number 23. So uh, they just uh, wrapped up a, a one in five road trip. Uh, but it looks like uh, Chris Bryant is finally back. 
Uh, he has uh, missed the majority of this season uh, on the injured list, uh, and it looks like tonight so far he is one in three at the plate. So uh, I'm not exactly sure if that is enough to uh, move the needle or even just make it an impact at this point, uh, but the Rockies are in last place in the NL West. I was checking if he had homered. No, he still ha- doesn't have a, no a home run for the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah, they had a six-game road trip last week to Miami and then Minnesota and, and came out of it with only one win. That win was on Friday as Herman Marquez dominated the Twins in a one nothing victory. Otherwise, uh, victories and, and offense has been pretty hard to come by recently for Colorado. Uh, this kind of tells the story. So as a team, the Rockies have batted 279 with a 799 OPS at Coors Field. That's the best home OPS of any major league club. On the road, though, a, a 238 batting average and 635 OPS, and that road OPS ranks 27th of all 30 teams, ahead of only the Tigers, Reds, and Pirates. That's maybe kind of predictable with with how the course field effect all works at home and on the road, but I think you get the point. They're a 500 team at home at 19 and 19, and 12 and 23 on the road. They're also 14 and 25 against teams that are above 500. Um, and you mentioned Chris Bryant returned on Monday uh, ahead of, on Monday ahead of the Rockies season opener or series opener against the visiting Dodgers, but I don't know. It's hard to feel real confident that he can provide a spark in his first year of a seven-year, one hundred eighty-two million dollar free agent deal signed just after the lockout came to a close. Bryant has appeared in only seventeen games while posting just a six seventy-six OPS when healthy, and, and as I said earlier, has yet to connect for his first home run. In a Rockies uniform, maybe it'll happen tonight, and I can, uh, you know, sing his praises in the column on Tuesday. I, I will log off here and, and do some writing and, and watch some baseball. Thanks for tuning in. Um, check out the Power Rankings column; goes up every Tuesday on NBC Sports Edge. Rankings, observations on all thirty teams. Rate and review the Circling the Bases podcast. We love five stars, but any feedback is welcome. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silv. Janice is going to be posting beautiful pictures from San Francisco, and she's at Scuriosa. And peace out. Peace out. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.